I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast. A podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov and should have Penelope Cruz won that Oscar this year? And my name is Colin Drucker, and don't you swear at me, you little shit. I am your parallel mother. <laughs> Yay. That was good. That was Thank good. Thank you. Thank you. And to answer your question, I think that she was not the dark horse that I just assumed she was because I was so ignorant. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I don't think she was like the lovely fourth alternate. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like uh, I'm trying to think like of another year. I feel like we've had this conversation before of like performances that maybe in another year could have like easily won. Mm, oh, and yeah. but like there there's so much competition and there's so much like of that narrative. But like really the best actress race was such a a wild card this year that it would have been so cool if Penelope would have won. That would be a really interesting, you know, as we're as we're wrapping up a, a themed month, our Almodovar month, you know, that makes me think it'd be fun to do a month where we feature just what you said, like she could have won any other year if it wasn't for these other Titans or whatever. I mean, like I think, you know, a, a, there's probably a ton of examples. I, I My first thought was that Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream, but that's more of like yes. great train robberies of the Oscars. I feel like yeah. this one feels different. It feels like, oh, no one was talking about this and – People, like as they say on social media, we should be talking about this more, you know? Yes. Uh, one thing that just came to my mind is uh, like Notes on a Scandal. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yes. Those two performances and those two women. It was the year of the Queen, right? And um, Jennifer Hudson. Oh, that. Right. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. That's a good point because those are, I mean, when I look at those, I mean, obviously we love that movie, but like when you watch it, it's like, what do you mean? Kate Blanchett didn't have an Oscar for this. What do you mean? Yeah. Judy Dench smoked I, a cigarette in a bathtub, for God's sake. <laughs> holding her bosoms. I mean, it is. That's that's the frame that I want. I want Same. that in my bathroom. Same. Can we make that happen? I like, know. Just like, can anyone make fan art out there? But I want the photo. I don't want to. I mean, a cartoon would also be awesome. But like, I think that would be so cool. Like if I walked into someone's bathroom and saw that, I would faint. What if that? Would... I would pass out into the into the tub. Yeah. What if it was the shower curtain? Like it was printed <gasps> on the shower curtain. <laughs> and it, it's like it's like right where Judy's yes. lying, so it actually looks like she's the. Oh yes. my god. Yeah. Best supporting curtain. Best supporting yeah. curtain. Yeah. Yeah. These gorgeous, gorgeous curtains. Exactly. I mean, what if that was our million dollar idea? That was our... just. Tony Collette at the table in Hereditary. Right. <laughs> Right. Oh, my God. I mean, these are, you know, the best supporting curtains. Just put a little pin in that one. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Oh, well, my gosh. We are, of course, as I said, wrapping up a a, quite a month, our Pedro Almodovar month. And fittingly enough, are wrapping we are wrapping the month up with his most recent movie, uh, 2021's Parallel Mothers with an Oscar nomination for Penelope Cruz, a familiar face mm-hmm. this month, and also an Oscar nomination for the score, which I thought was very appropriate. Yeah, the score is so moody and tense. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and I think it adds uh, to it. I think his name is Al- Albert Iglesias or something like that. He's done the music for like I think he did the music for All About My Mother. Like he's. He's oh, one nice. of, you know... Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. A, a Pedro collaborator. So, um, mm. so yeah, I mean, I, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but I and I saved it for the pod, but as I was watching Parallel Mothers today, there was this part of me that was like, man, 
this month has been like AP level, you know, uh, queening out. Like these movies have not been casual yes. watches. No. And, you know, we just had that conversation off mic of just like, I'm so glad that we've had this month because I feel like my appetite for Pedro Almodovar movies is like stronger than ever. But I, I do need a break. Yeah. I do need a little bit of break. Yeah. It's like binging The Handmaid's Tale. It's like you can't watch more than one. Right. Even though it's not the same level, but it is like they are emotional movies that you you are you can't help but be invested in and they're so beautifully done it's like it's an embarrassment of riches i but i'm i'm so glad that we that i now have this i feel smarter right i <laughs> i feel like i can weigh in yeah like, you know a film school no you know like with my two of my really good friends are they majored in film so like and i'm always trying to like add that's my one friend frank who loves johnny guitar that's his favorite movie mm. oddly enough but anyway yes you know, funny, I kept meaning to send it to you, but I went thrifting with some friends of mine a couple weeks ago, and there was a framed, um, like, poster for Johnny Guitar the Musical. Whoa! I know. So I'll send it to you. You can send it to your friends. I don't know nothing about it, but uh, there you go. So um, Love that. Yeah. And Johnny Guitar, a movie I think, yeah, we think we've talked about, we should do on this podcast because it has, besides... Similar to Almodovar, an amazing color palette, like just amazing uses of reds and Ooh, yellows nice. and whatnot. But it's also like Joan Crawford at just like a profoundly campy perfection and just like the butch realness of Mercedes McCambridge. I think who who is a <laughs> podcast alum, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. She is the voice of, of the devil and the exorcist. So... You know, I love that. Uh, you know, roses to Sadie. You know what I mean? Um, amen. Amen. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but yeah, this this has definitely been like it's kind of like some movies are like potato chips, easy to eat, could finish the bag, and I'm still hungry. These have been like duck. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, man, yeah. the fat really fills you up. You know. Yeah, I mean, watching this, I, 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 it's like I feel like we should save this question for the end, but maybe it's just so you start thinking about it. You know, of the four movies that we covered this month, it's like which one ranks, you know, where would you rank them? Four, three, two, one. So I'm oh, excited to have that conversation. I because I feel like we will have different answers, which I like. Yeah, and I've, I've I hopefully I've struggled because I I have twenty five percent of that figured out, but. The seventy five percent is very, uh, very difficult. Ooh. Very difficult. Okay. So, uh, well, parallel mothers. I mean, now having kind of seen four Pedro Almodovar movies and having seen obviously recurring actresses, and I and I think you know we'll obviously get into it, but three very distinct Penelope Cruz performances. Like looking back now i mean like for example the way the color red is used in this movie did that jump out to you more this time than like all about my mother for example i think it did there was something i feel like so much of the red in at least to my recollection is like in the house and what the the women wear specifically like i think penelope cruz looks <laughs> she looks great in any color let's be honest mm. but like there's something about her in red that i'm just like it takes my breath away. Oh, um, yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there was a little bit of, because we did all about my mother and I, I don't know, there's something about like Volver and even Women on the Verge that were very like, I just felt like the red was everywhere yep. and then maybe not so much in all, all About My Mother and then this is kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, That's interesting because All About My Mother is like the reddest movie to me. You think? Maybe yeah. I'm just blanking. Uh, Why do I not remember any of the red from that movie? I don't know. I mean, that one, I, I almost might hacks protocol and make you watch it again like in six months. Yeah. Just to kind of like. Sure. Because I'd be down that one. That. It's like I, when I think of them, I think of like on the, on if I could grade them in terms of how much red in my mind least to most is women on the verge volver or volver you know somewhere in the middle uh parallel mm -hmm. mothers and then all about my mother like for some reason like all about my mother has uh -huh. there's one shot in particular uh of it's when yumarojo is at uh manuela's apartment and it's like a framed kind of shot of her kind of maybe from like the shoulders up and everything's red her hair Ooh. her nails her jacket her her you know sweater her lips everything's red and it's just like oh god i just want to be yuma rojo when i grow up you know 
Yeah, we all do. Yeah. I I I don't know why I'm not remembering it. I, I it's interesting that we both have different answers and why we saw more red. Seeing red, Valerie. Seeing, yeah, hey, I like <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, Ayo. Ayo. Uh but yeah, I mean this one it's funny like the I I almost felt like it was it almost felt like a joke sometimes in Parallel Mothers because Everything was red. The like funny things like picture frames, kitchen cabinets, the yes. baby carrier, the the stroller. Like you know, my favorite. Oh, yeah, my favorite red thing. And I'm I I like lost my shit because I was like, God damn, Pedro Almodovar. Of course, of course, <laughs> she has a red cell phone cover. Yes. I was like, yes. you bitch, yes. you bitch. Of course, she has a red cell phone cover. And I I was like, that's it. I. I'm in love. And so it it felt like if we if there's a sort of running theme especially of the color red in his movies in this it almost felt self-aware. Yeah, it's almost like he was in on the joke even though it's not a joke, but even with that I I'm still like I'm I'm okay with it. But I'm I know what you mean by like okay now. Right. Um, it's like that's yes, right I, too. Yeah. Yeah, more is more. I think the one thing that like took my breath away and I don't even know if this is like a big red moment, but just like some of the shots in this movie, but the one where she goes back to her hometown and she's staying like I guess in like a, I thought it was like an Airbnb of some sort, but I guess it is like her house. Or yeah, they got a house, and it's like the morning after her and Arturo like kind of rekindle their love. Uh, and she's like in the kitchen making coffee, and the sun's pouring through. I was like, this is what I want my kitchen to look like. Yeah, <laughs> it just felt so like it felt like first day of vacation. You know what I mean? Mm. Waking up and you didn't have any any plan yet, like abroad. You know, it just ugh. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, this I'm I there were a few like I feel like th- that reminds me of it was very different but there's the scene where she goes to Arturo's hotel room after he comes to see her after she has the baby. Yes. And the, oh. those shots of them like with the windows behind them and it was like this sort of like di- like I don't know what it was like an angle they were like being shot on an angle, you know what I mean? Yes, they were like in this little like alcove. Yes. Like, I I mean, I love a hotel room. Mm. I love like especially something like that, like for rich people. You know right, I mean? right. I just like, ooh, I'm gonna sit over here and like write my notes. Even if I'm in a, at like a best western, I really like right? feel my oats. I mean, you like, know, it's like maybe I will sit in the chair. Yeah, right. Maybe I'll sit on that <laughs> chair. Like how much did you want yeah, ooh, to it be swivels. Yeah. Tinsley Mortimer ordering a cheese plate and wine? And I mean you know that is Yes, everything's taken care of. Oh my god, I I could I could easily, you know, pull like I feel like all the great divas do it. You know, like Elaine Stritch. I feel like Liza's yep. living on like the penthouse of some swanky hotel. That is my ultimate life goal. To live we in can a get, hotel, like a whole hallway of our friends, <laughs> the group chat. Just put them all up there. Yes, yeah, the group. We could chat probably hall. afford one apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if if not, maybe we could just get like a a floor of a Holiday Inn or something. Maybe there's a there we go. You know, a, a Econo Lodge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, some Homewood Suites. Is that a thing? <laughs> That's not a thing. Oh yeah, is home. It is Homewood. Yes. Is not a name. Is that a name? I feel like it is. Right, I could I'm, picture the sign. I'm Googling. Yeah. Homewood. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking called Homewood yeah. Suites. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. I love hotels. Yeah. It instantly, even if like, you know, they, I saw like some, you know, dumb thing on TikTok that's like once a month, my partner and I, we go out and we like have, no, it's actually, it was, I'm, I'm shitting on this, but it was actually very sweet. It was like a, like a gay man in his late twenties and his mom every month or like every other month, they just take a night and they drive like a half hour, 45 minutes away from their town and they rent a hotel room and they watch TV and they order pizza. And I think they watch like it was like 90 Day Fiance or like Love It or List It or something like that. It was actually very cute. But I do like that idea. I just love it does feel like if you stay at a hotel, you're on vacation, even if you're not far away. Yeah, it, it's like it's a great way to do like a, a little, you know, weekend thing. Like I don't, I should do that. Like I should like find a deal on like a really nice hotel thing is like, I don't want to go into Manhattan. So it's kind of like, yeah, that, like no. that would be part of the fantasy is like, Oh, well you have to like go somewhere where like, you know, you have a city view and you, you know, whatever, like you have all of that experience. Yeah. But, um, but really like at the end of the day, it's, it's less about the location of the hotel and like, what can I have delivered to my room? And like, 
what how nice is the bathroom like what what do i got what kind of features you know what i mean yeah i like a good separate bathroom like the sinks on the outside but Ooh, like yeah the, the, like the toilet and the ba- the tub are in another room i do like that yeah. for functionality's sake i think that's nice um i mean yeah i i don't i feel like i've never really had the experience but what i really want to aim for is a situation where there's like there is both the big like practically like a steam shower with a little bench in it also the tub with the jets I want all. I want all the options. Yeah. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. That would be really nice. Yeah. 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 Hotels rule. And why do all hotels smell the same? What is that smell? Yeah, I know exactly what. Like that's a candle because uh-huh. I actually kind of like it in a weird way. I think it's just. Um, I don't know. Maybe the chemicals that are like used in the bedding. You know that really kind of permeate. But even the hallway. You know yeah. What I mean? Like those carpets. Ugh. Yeah. It's like I, I don't know. Everything. It, it's it's a certain temperature. It's a certain smell. Everything is very. Everywhere smells the same. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, glad we had this chat. Uh, we're being played yeah, off. No. Where are we? Again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are, yes, we are wrapping up our month of Pedro with uh, Parallel Mothers, another movie with a plot that is. Uh, I don't want to say all over the place, but is, uh, no. you know, yeah. uh, certainly, again, not wildly linear. Uh, and, and I would say was, I think of the four movies we've covered, this was probably the, like, consistently saddest movie. Yeah, I would say, too. But And I, I also, just kind of building up what you're saying, too, is, like, I think it had the, the least complex plot. There are some twists and turns, but not as much... As like Volver or even All About My Mother. I feel like that, you know, I, I feel like we could get, like I could write this in like less than 140 characters, <laughs> the plot of this movie. Yeah, I you know, I agree. I was I was thinking there was going to be like bigger twists in, because I, I would say about an hour into the movie, I realized, oh, there's an hour left. And I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. like something's, something's going to happen. And I thought it's not, it's surely not going to be that Cecilia is Anna's baby because I could see that coming. And oh, my one, God, I know. You know? Um, and so that was also maybe one thing that I was like, huh, I, as much as I didn't know where this was going, I, if I had to guess, I was able to guess it pretty early. So you knew, like, if, were you able to guess it, like, when they were talking about, like, being in, like, incubation or whatever? Or you just... When did you first know? I think I realized it when uh, it was probably once she started to realize that she didn't recognize Cecilia. And then I was like, okay, this is all going to like, my sense is it's going to turn out that this is maybe honest baby. Or maybe once she confirmed with the DNA test that she wasn't the mother, then it was like, okay, well, this is definitely honest baby. And like the only other option that Pedro might do is that like, there's some supernatural thing with her grandmother, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't know which direction we were going. And really, kind of, to sum it up for you listeners as well, I I, I think I'm going to take a stab at this. Please. So, Yanis is played by Penelope Cruz. She meets Arturo because she's a photographer, and, and they, were, they were also kind of having a conversation about uh, not only... I, I guess he's like an excavator of some sort and really um, I don't know if he specializes in this specifically, but like Penelope Cruz's family was basically like all killed off during the revolution. And, but like they were buried in a very unceremonious way. So like her, you know, she wanted to, it's kind of like the C plot of this movie that you kind of forget about until right at the end that she is kind of asking Arturo to help and to do this not like like kind of for free, but you know, anyway, um, and that is going on in the background, but it really doesn't come back until the end. So in the meantime, Yanis and Arturo sleep together. Penelope's pregnant because all this happens really fast. Like mm-hmm. that, like, like when you were saying like there's an hour left, I was like, well, they already had the babies. Right. Um, right. And Penelope's like pushing 40 and then she meets Anna and they're sharing a room together and there's just this tiny little Easter egg that, you know, they're both sort of being watched, uh, the babies, like because they're, you know, they're babies and things happen. So, but really what does happen is what Colin and I were just talking about is the babies were switched at birth and they both go their separate ways and Penelope realizes it because the baby Arturo comes by and says um that's not my baby that ain't my baby (laughs) and then she's like well damn 
whose could it be? Um, and then they do a whole bunch of tests and she realizes on her own, Yanis, that um, it's not her baby. And um, and then finally, like, Anna comes in, they meet up later, and Anna tells her, unfortunately, that her baby died. It was a crib death, which is crazy. But then now we know it's, like, simultaneously happening that Yanis put together the pieces as we're putting together the pieces that, like, that was her baby that passed away. But Anna thinks it was her baby. Um, and eventually, I mean, she keeps it to herself, like, the whole movie, and eventually she tells her... And, you know, it doesn't go over well, but then, like, things are kind of resolved, and then that's kind of it. That I mean, that was kind of long-winded, but I do feel like it was, you know, if I was, if I had to scale it down, I could. I mean, I don't know if it was 140 characters. I was promised 140. No. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, compared to All About My Mother, which I think there's some similarities here, but compared to All About My Mother and, like, what's interesting is, like, all About My Mother had Yuma Rojo, the actress, and then this has Teresa, Anna's mother, the actress. And so, yes. whereas Yuma Rojo is like a significant supporting character in All About My Mother, Teresa kind of shows up in the movie. Uh, it, to me, it almost felt the way that, it's more screen time, but it was the way that Eileen Heckert shows up in The Bad Seed. She basically has yeah. two big scenes where she mostly monologues the entire time. Mm-hmm. And like otherwise, she is on tour, and so like it's it's a great supporting role, and I I love the fact that this character who is largely like or the the idea of her is that she's largely absent from her daughter's life because the other thing is that Anna is like seventeen yeah. when she gets pregnant is that like yes. even though this is a character that is her narrative is that she's not present in her daughter's life we do get an entire rehearsal scene where she like rehearses a monologue for this new show that she's in. And that's like one of those classic Pedro things where it's like, we yep. didn't need this for the plot, but like for the actress sexual in me, this was like a free appetizer. Oh yeah. It reminded me so much of, Oh, what's her face? That monologue when she's on stage with like the ghost light that she holds oh, onto it. Oh, Barbara Harris. Uh huh. Barbara, I was going to say Barbara Barry, Barbara Harris. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like that. I, that was my note. I was like, I'm so glad we got this. And then I, I wrote a note about how she comes back to Yanis's house in that red coat and red turtleneck. Yes. <laughs> it, was awesome. it was so much red. Um, which is interesting because when Yumoroho comes to Manuela's apartment, she has a very similar yeah. outfit on. And oh my god, yes! And Yumoroho was in a Lorca play, and Teresa talks about being in a Lorca play. And so, I'm just saying, IJS, as Kennedy Davenport would say, IJS. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it kind of like Teresa is kind of like the companion character to Penelope Cruz's mom in. All about my mother. You know what I mean? The one who was kind of distant and yes, cold. Yeah. And still but still kind of involved and has an opinion. Um, but also like neglecting her daughter. <laughs> yeah, she's like a mix so. of Rose's mother and and Yumoroho, where she's an actress and she's a mother yes. and she's there's a there's a distance. Um and I mean, I think it's fair to say that it while we're looking at comparisons, I think Anna is a variation on Sister Rosa. And, oh yeah, and in Absolutely. some ways, like that theme of replacements extends here, where like Yanis is sort of like Manuela. Oh my God, yes. And like Manuela, it's like she's taking on the Manuela role and is caring for the Sister Rosa role that she once played. You know? Oh my God, yes. This is like blowing my mind. Yeah, and I just, I, I think that was like. I was like, oh, my, I love this. I have no idea if this is deliberate, but, like, why wouldn't it be that there would be? Because even the, like, I think the poster for Parallel Mothers, it shows up in a shot in one of his previous movies, Broken Embraces. And so, like, yes. this is something that, like, there is, like, and other things are, like, there's um, the whole thing that Manuela does in All About My Mother where she, like, you know, is is filming these training videos for transplants. Um, there is a that that is almost directly pulled from an earlier Amadovar movie called The Flower of My Secret, which I believe stars Marisa Paredes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's this like is, yeah. 
I love also that um, we have Rossi De Palma back again playing Elena. She's like oh. evolved from Shelley Duvall to like Angelica Houston. And yes. I, she's in her Angelica Houston era and I'm loving it. Oh, it's such a great little role of Elena, who is, you know, Janice's uh, longtime friend and they grew up together. She has family that, you know, may be in this in this unmarked grave. And she really just functions as the supportive friend, you know, like she uh, it, it's it's obviously very different from, you know, sleeping through much of women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. But mm-hmm. I I think she is just like fierce as fuck. There's like the shots of her just like sitting at her desk in that sleek yes. office in that like red coat. I mean, there was just so much just about her energy that I was like. And I just, and I love her face. I love that nose. I love like that, the, the Adrian Brody of her, you know? Yes. She's such a great, like she's been in a bunch of his movies and like I could see why because she just adds this like energy that I, I just can't stop watching. Yeah, it's like the, she's like the bay leaf. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> like yes. A Pedro, like she's, um, you're glad it's there, but you don't really know it's there. And it, typically it's like kind of small stuff. But I will say one of my favorite lines that like, I just like loved from Elena was when they're coming back from like, I guess visiting the initial grave site. <gasps> yes. Um, and then she's like, are you okay, Elena? And she's like, I really want to cry. And then she holds her chest and then she walks away. I was like, I know. I loved that. I I loved that. that. It was just, it was so, it was, it was just one of those things where it was like, we're just, it it doesn't advance the plot. It doesn't suggest something else about Elena. It's just a moment for the character of Elena. I, I, I love that moment so much. It was beautiful. Oh, well also we see in this movie, speaking of familiar faces, when they do much later into, into the movie, go back to Yanis's hometown. We do get to see, uh, uh, Julieta Serrano. I feel like I'm getting yes. closer to pronouncing her name correctly, who of course is iconic in women on the verge of a nervous breakdown and, yeah. uh, returns here in a very small role as, uh, as their aunt, uh, Brigadita, Brigadita. It's like Brigitte, Brigitte, Brigitte. I think the accent is like on the first I. It's like Brigitte, Brigitte. I don't know. Oh my goodness, Aunt B. Yeah, Aunt, Aunt B. B we'll Aunt B. It. Yeah, um, and she shows up in a very small role. Uh, really, just you know, essentially a cameo. But it was kind of cool to. I see. mean, she's got that monologue, yeah, about yeah. her father being murdered and how he had to dig his own grave. And I just love that she's like, "I'm a pincushion. Oh I'm always yeah, having needles stuck into me. Mm-hmm. I, I loved her." giving great abuela energy yeah just like pleasant (laughs) pleasant older lady yeah yeah i would love to talk about because we have seen penelope a few times now so we first yes you know well it's chronologically out of order we did first see her in volver which to me felt like it it just felt like this sweet spot of like because like right after that she won the oscar for vicky christina barcelona it just Mm -hmm. felt like oh this is like when we all like people really started to like in America, like recognize Penelope Cruz. And yeah. then like all about my mother, it feels like such a much, a much younger Penelope Cruz and like just a, a much younger energy. And then this, it was like, it made me realize that the Penelope Cruz we saw in Volver or Volver, if you will, was not the, ad- was not the adult, if that makes sense. Like I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. the, uh, how much I wanted and appreciated a slightly more mature Penelope Cruz. Yeah, it's like she she just feels even more lived in than we were talking about during All About My Mother or even Volvera too. It's like it's you just by being her and like having life experience and like I'm assuming at this point, I don't know if her and Javier have kids or not too, but like I feel like all those external things are only going to like deepen and like make the performance more rich and believable i loved her in this role it just she felt so i don't know like just so like relaxed into the role you know like there was just something about it where it was like it felt like an actress who had collaborated with this director multiple times and they knew how to work with each other there was just that was the one thing i did really appreciate was uh i don't know i guess how how smooth she was you know with this material i guess like how She's she's kind of like the expert Amadovar girl, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, any other equivalents between, like, actresses and directors and stuff like that. I mean, you could say 
you know, Diane Keaton and Woody, right. Woody Allen, but like also let's not. I mean, we can celebrate the movies, I guess, and Diane, but I'm, I feel like there's someone else. I don't know. It almost reminds me of who was the guy who directed like the Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams movies. Like they kept recycling like uh, those two and like Christian Bale. And who's the other guy? Oh, in American, American Hustle. Hustle. Was it yeah, da- I don't know. David Maybe Russell, that's... was that his name? Or Yeah, it... something like that. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, what it makes me, because I mean, we've like in some ways like Woody Allen, I, we've talked about this before, feels like in terms of having similar actors and kind of even similar ways in which the plot just kind of like rolls along and, and you know, it's never a succinct idea. I feel like, but you know, it comes with that, you know, the Woody Allen stench. Um, The other, like more, not exactly the same, but I feel like Robert Altman, uh, he actually worked with Shelley Duvall a lot and did like four Uh, or five movies with her in the seventies. And so I feel like that's probably, the only other like pairing I can think of where it was like, oh yeah, you just like always work together. Yeah, like a muse in a way. Yeah, I guess the only other thing I can think of is like Jerry Marshall liked to put Hector Elizondo in a role in all of this. <laughs> so Jerry <laughs> and Marshall and Hector Elizondo. Oh, and Hector. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean I I thought she was phenomenal. I feel like uh I mean you know, speaking of Javier Bardem, I, I, I feel now kind of bad for any of the. I don't think I shit talked him as much as I did. You know who and being the you know what's. Yeah. But I don't think he got away unscathed, and I just feel terrible now because I feel like it's a disrespect to Penelope. It's a disrespect to Pedro. Yeah, I just want to like hang out with them like in Spain and like. I don't know, have some wine on a terrace. Ugh. I think I just feel like they're so cool. They're so and, cool. Yeah, I, I. but like going back to Penelope too, it's like these little moments of like, one of my favorite moments of hers is when she talks about like how excited she gets about the cookies. She calls them wafers. Oh, that yes. Was uh-huh. She's like, the wafers, I haven't seen them in forever. How Like how excited she was. Because I feel like that's a very real thing. Like, you know, there's an American equivalent, of course, of like going back to your hometown and, you know, like, or like hitting up your favorite ice cream stand or mm-hmm. something like that. Like there, and, but it's like so, it's such a natural, I mean, it's funny they don't film her like eating any of them. I was like, she's not gonna eat any of these. Oh, Look at God, her. She's I know. Like, she's I know. Like, she's so beautiful and thin. Um, but I'd like to think she had a bite in just one bite. I I would love a movie of just Penelope Cruz going to people's houses and giving those like smooches and just like taking care of older women. Like I just there's something that brings me such joy, like seeing how she interacts as these characters, of course, and like I don't know, it just like warms me a bit. Well, you know, it, I definitely saw that, like in the in the you know last act of the movie when when Yenis goes back to her hometown. It's like we're very intro- very quickly introduced to five new female characters. There's you know yeah. uh, Aunt B, but then there's like I, I guess it's two different sets of cousins. I think that she there's two cousins that are yes. with Aunt B, yes. and then there's two others they go to meet. And it was like, yeah, let this be just a whole movie where she just goes and visits old friends and everybody just has pleasant conversations in beautiful Spanish villas eating wafers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I see no issue with and, this. Yeah. And, and I guess like the other moments that really I love, I feel like it's when she's about to tell Anna about everything, like, and really kind of, you know, give, you know, let her in on what we already know. And mm-hmm. like, she's, she's sitting on the edge of the bed and she looks like she's going to throw up and yeah. she does it in such a way that's like, it doesn't seem forced, but you could just tell she is a wreck. And then she actually does throw up, which makes it even better. Like the fact that she was able to like kind of conjure that up and then like five minutes later, actually throw up in the toilet um, that you start to see it happen so early. I, she's so good. She's so good. Well, I think that was one thing I I did really appreciate with Penelope in this movie was like, she is so like, I feel like we, she, she's so pulled together and like, I don't know. She's so beautiful that like, it's like, when do we really see her get like raw and ugly basically, you know? And she certainly is. I don't think she's ever ugly in anything ever. And certainly any of the movies that we've covered (laughs) her in. And so like, I felt like this was where we really saw some of those like 
raw moments, like I would say like that was a great example. Like when she, yeah, she looked, looked like shit in that scene. I think mm-hmm. um, some of my favorite moments in this movie are the face journeys while reading test results on the computer. <gasps> oh, yes. I I was like I the so the there's a couple there's there's like probably really three scenes where mm-hmm. she is you know she's emailed test results first of her doing the swap to see if she is Cecilia's mother and that's it's so suspenseful and so it's so much of like the scrolling and scrolling through the results just to kind of get to like okay well you know yes or no I mean Anyone who's yep. anyone who's gotten like a blood test that might include like an HIV test has gone through this feeling. I'm sure I've definitely been like yeah. reactive or non-reactive. For God's sake, tell me. And, yeah, scroll uh, all the way to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, right. And and what what does it mean? Is is that good? You know. And so yes. Uh, and so they're like, but it's so much of like just cutting back to like, you know, first her seeing the results that she is 100 percent not Cecilia's mother and like registering mm-hmm. that, but then. I love that it then compounds with the second time when she's looking at the results to prove that Anna is Cecilia's mother. Um, and the third time is really like then Anna reading the results and like, you know, having her own kind of uh, computer facing face journey as well. I, I love that that trope continued. Yeah. I mean, I will never be, what did you call her last week? Like a uh, puddle eyed, puddly eyed, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's just like the way, like watching her watch, Anna read the results. Yes. Yeah. Is fascinating because she knows that everything's going to change. Yeah. Well, and then w- kind of along with that, you know, it, I always just go along with whatever happens in Pedro's movies because he knows better than I do. But when, when uh, Yanice finds out that Anita has died, that essentially her baby mm-hmm. has died, it's it's a really fascinating moment of her like internally processing it, but there was a part of me it was like it almost felt like an underreaction in a way. Yeah. And then once she reveals to Anna that Cecilia is her baby, and Anna's like, "Okay, well, I'm going to take Cecilia and go to my mother's." I was expecting. I mean, like, listen, I've seen losing Isaiah. I was expecting a much more emotional reaction from Yanis. I was expecting like her to get physical. I thought there'd be screaming. And she just kind of accepts it. And she actually like helps her put the baby into the red baby carrier. And it was so like, huh, like this doesn't feel, this isn't. Like she's fighting for it. Yeah. This isn't really reading to me. And and I think almost going back to kind of seeing Penelope get so raw, thinking about all about my mother and thinking about Cecilia Roth, who I think just got raw as fuck fuck in that movie Cecilia Roth oh yes I just yes. like I mean when, I, I can't get over the scene where she tells Lola on the stairs about Esteban and she and her hair is just a fucking mess and she's just yes. openly crying like it's just I I think we get I feel like we do get moments of that with with Penelope but like it's almost like the critique of Chad Michaels on season four of like I just want to see a really let go you know yeah I I get that I think it's like, I guess it kind of, if you're thinking about like the whole, I guess the bigger picture, but like, to first of all, first of all, yes, I wanted that too. I did want like throwing, you know, something against the wall or like begging her or something. Mm-hmm. And then just like, she did eventually sort of break down, but I guess she thinks in some way that it's like, I mean, she did keep it from her for a long time because Anna calls her out on it. She's like, is that why you changed your number and shut yourself off? Because you knew this. So like she is quote unquote at fault for not being honest with Anna, like as soon as she knew, but then there's this other like layer of the story too, where it's like, they start this sort of physical relationship between the two of them. And like, what is, what are the motivations behind that? It's like, cause she has that line. What does she say? She's like, give me some time to get used to it. It's almost like she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll date you. You know, we can be lovers and like, just give me time like to get used to it. And I don't, maybe I'm reading into that, but I just feel like she was, I guess that's how it was manifesting. She's like, I, I need to get her more on my side and to the best of my ability. But it ended up biting in her, her in the ass too. So I don't know. Yeah. I thought she had said, give me some time to get used to it after when, when, Anna was going to take the baby away when she's like, Oh no, give me some time to like get used to the idea of like her not being here anymore. 
and not leaving so abruptly. Like I, maybe I'm misremembering, but I did not know why they suddenly became lovers. That was yeah. I thought that's what you were gonna say when you trust Pedro, but that was a little out of left field for me. Yeah, yeah. That was the other thing. Is like I, I feel like it's very much a trope in so many movies and shows this kind of like y'all can fuck whoever you want but there's kind of this implied ease of bisexuality among women that that never plays out among men and maybe some people would say well that's realistic I don't know I don't know I feel like I know just as many women like I'm thinking of the group chat like if I think of the group chat I feel like one of them is definitely not bisexual (laughs) Sure, yeah. <laughs> but then the other two, I'm like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think it's also, it's so much, like you were saying, it's more acceptable to see two women. Like, there would be a, an all-female bachelorettes before there'd be, like, a bachelor with gay men. And even, like, I think I was listening to Bob and Monet about how when they film, like, We're Here, I can't remember what podcast was, but, like, that lesbians are more... Um, accepted in the South than like feminine gay men. It's just mm. like it's it's easier to digest for people for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's like we going back to this. I just feel like I didn't need it, and I I I just don't know what the purpose was. Like I would like to hear. You know, that's the question I would ask. Like, why did we add that? Like, what was going through Eunice's mind while that was happening? Because it just it just happened. Yeah, and, and, and then it just becomes like this is okay. Now we're in a relationship. So not only do they just they hook up, then it's like, well, now we're a couple. Yeah, I guess it adds a layer to the complexity of it. But going back to that, I mean, if you if you have a chance, I because I, I don't I just rent. I had to rent it twice because I let my um, <laughs> like I watched half of it uh. and then I let a couple days go by and I was like, son of a bitch. But um, if you ever watch it again, like that moment that I'm talking about when she says, "Let me get time." Yeah, because you're right. It's right. It's after. It's during all of this. It's like the baby is packed up. Anna is like although almost out the door, and she said, get, "Get me time to get used to the idea," which could be. But then she like leans in and almost kisses Anna. She like oh, almost touches her. Yeah. There's something about like, I'll try anything. You know, we can be together. Yeah. Like, we can raise the kid together. Like it's just this desperation of sorts too. And I, I don't know if that's. But again, that's what I got out of that. I was like, that's interesting. That yeah. line. But of course, it could be just what you said. Is like, give me time to get used to you know, her not having her. So, right. But it's, it, it's an interesting idea, right? That she would, you know, because it really does become this scheme of like, and it's so interesting, right? Like com- again, compared to all about my mother, the way that like Rosa wanted Manuela to kind of play her mother in her life here. It's, yeah. it's Yanice wants to kind of orchestrate a situation where she is, she and Anna are still Cecilia's parents, you know, and mm-hmm. are parallel mothers, if you will, and, <laughs> and and if even if it takes kind of, um, yeah, doing this relationship, and 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 it, it also like it just immediately devolves into then like uh, Anna getting jealous when Yanice goes out for drinks yes. with Arturo, and they have that like that conversation where like they're in bed and she's like, "Well, who are you with? What did you talk about?" There's alcohol mm-hmm. in your breath. Well, did you screw him? And I was like, oh, got red flags. You know, especially in an Almodovar movie, you're going to be very, very red <laughs> flags. Yes. I see red flags, Pedro. Like, red flags, Yanis. That to me was, I was like, God, this relationship sucks. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a little bit of a trap, I guess, too. And and I will say, too, we, we haven't talked about him, and so rarely do we talk about the men in Pedro Almodovar mm. movies, but I liked Arturo. Yes, he got Penelope pregnant, so there's that, and he kind of just like skulked away because he was still married, so he's kind of a shithead for that. But I do like him. I think he kind of redeemed himself at the end. I think he's like very handsome. He has a crooked nose, which I kind of oh, like. Yeah. Um, I, I was really into him. Yeah, he was kind of like um, Mark Marin's more handsome brother. <laughs> oh yes, right? I think Mark Maron is like sexy in his own way, though. I, I there's something there, but I, I get what you're saying. Yes, yeah, yeah, in his own way. But he, I would say Arturo was was you know the hotter of the two. Um, I I thought yeah. it was interesting how you know 
with Arturo and, and Yanis, you know, the going back to her hometown and, and the excavation starting on the grave site, you know, I liked the idea that, you know, they are basically, they've gone back to this town to dig up the past and there Arturo and Yanis are starting a future because she gets pregnant. And so yes. uh, it's interesting how by the end of the movie, it, it kind of what she had thought or, or or what they had attempted to have, they kind of get to start all over again, you know? Um, and yeah. that was the same in All About My Mother, where Manuela gets to raise a, a young boy named Esteban who was fathered by Lola, you know? And, like, I yeah. love that they get to start over and, like, and, and try again. And I think that... I think that then paired with the ending of, like, staring into a mass grave was like, holy yes. shit, Pedro... Yeah, I mean, we talked last week about the last line of the movie or the last moment, and this was a moment. Oh my god! So yeah, the you know the ending was yeah, they, it all of mostly women from the from the town coming to see the the you know exhumed uh, skeletons, and of course there was uh, Aunt B's father, you know, clutching the mm-hmm. the rattle, oh, uh, the rattle, which I was like, oh, oh my god, god. yeah. And the last shot is like, yeah, you know, the women looking over, you know, at the and, and, and it was interesting because it's like Anna is there with Cecilia. She's part of the family because, you know, Yanis and, and Anna kind of um, basically in, as Almodovar women tend to do, they make peace pretty quickly. And it's like, oh, no, you can see her whenever you want. We'll just be all one happy family. And so, yes. you know standing over the grave you know there's the cousins there's Yanis there's you know Arturo is not there with them I think he has he or someone has the line of like you know this moment is for you we'll step out of your way and um but it's essentially the women of the town looking over at the dead men from the from the past I mean I don't I don't think you mentioned this but I I loved how Elena was kind of leading the, the crowd, oh. you know what I mean? Holding that photo. Yes, that Elena was there <laughs> I was at the like, ending. the drama of yes. this. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, my it. God. I'm just obsessed with Rossi De Palma. Same. Oh, my God. I know. she. She's, yeah, practically leading the procession. It was so important that she was there. And she's so tall. Yes. She's a handsome woman. She is the yes. handsome woman. She is the handsome yeah. woman. And, yeah, and the last shot is, of course, there's lots of overhead shots of the skeletons kind of lined up. But then... We see them as, you know, m- you know, men from that time, you know, laying there as if they had just been killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it fades out. And then there's a, you know, similar to All About My Mother, but a very different context. There's a closing quote about, you know, you know, human history will not shut its voice. And it's uh, very much more about uh, the history in Spain and the, and the Spanish Civil War and all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So much more than I expected in that, like, oh, we're we're going to end the movie on this. Well, I feel like there's like four other loose ends. Okay. You know? Yes. Cause I, but I guess at that point, everything is resolved I, to I an guess, extent. Yeah. It's like, I guess the, cause like, I also love the choice of, um, Yanis holding, um, uh, Cecilia, right? I, I want to make sure I get the the babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, okay. Um, which I loved, and then she passes her on to uh, to Anna, and then they kind of have this moment too. But it, yeah, it's like in a way, it's like you can already tell that the work's been done, and they've they've patched it up, and they've found their balance too. Because I guess it's I, I'm so glad that she ended up with Arturo because I I think there's I didn't want Yanis to just like wither away and into right. oblivion. You know what I mean? I love that she's still had this project to kind of uh, throw herself into and kind of really, you know, get her mind off the fact that, like, her daughter's not her daughter. But, yeah, I it was definitely, like, impactful and powerful. But I, I of course, had to look it up. I'm like, ending of um, <laughs> Parallel Mothers Explained right. on YouTube. Right, um, Even though the quote was there. Like, I got it. I just wanted to, like, really see what other people had to say about it, too. Um, but yeah, there was not, I can't really even remember the final line because it was just more of like silence. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I really think the, the last line was probably either Arturo or one of the excavators saying that like, we'll leave you, you know, this moment is for you. And, yeah. uh, I think that was it. Cause otherwise it was just them all kind of silently looking over the grave. And so, yeah. um, 
I mean, I, I the fact that the, like as the as it was kind of fading to black, and I was like, wow, this is the end. Oh, okay, all right. Like, yeah, I at least appreciate the surprise factor. Like that has been the case pretty consistently. Maybe the, Volver maybe had the most classic kind of ending, but. Yeah. I mean, Women on the Verge and obviously All About My Mother are just like, oh, okay, I guess we're done here. Yeah. I guess we're being played <laughs> off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he always keeps us guessing in the best way. Yeah. I, I really enjoy this movie. I'm I'm excited to watch it again or even All About My Mother again. I feel like um, just giving this these movies some time to breathe for me and then like going back at like certain times and watching them, I'm excited for that follow-up. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like all about my mother. Just I I cannot sing the praises enough of rewatching. It just there's so much to it. I feel like yeah, I probably need like a little Almodovar break. But like I feel like high heels and the flowers of my secret and broken embraces and talk to her. Oh, I feel like there's so many. There's so many. So uh, I love that we have options. We have yes. options. Maybe maybe we'll do this again. Who knows. Yeah, maybe it'll be an annual thing, Almedovar. Yeah, every May. Oh, I love that, every or May. Or at least one movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question remains, Colin, okay, four four to one, your countdown. We'll go one at a time. What oh. is, do you, do you have, do you want me to go first with my fourth? I am. Just so you have time to think, or what do you got? Go for it. Give me your fourth. Uh, my number four, like without question, is Women on the Verge. I think, although, and maybe going back to rewatch it now would be a different story. And it's not that, like, re- I guess it's like really kind of understanding that world of like Almodovar and how he directs. And like, I, I was maybe, I just didn't get it, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I did like it. And I'm glad it's under my belt. But it's, I have to pick a fourth, and that's, that's my four. I think I'm gonna say Parallel Mothers was my fourth. Ooh, I think I'm, I think in terms of okay. like because I I can't say with any of the others that I ever was like oh there's an hour left you know what I mean? Yeah, very true. I hear that. I hear that. Uh, uh, fair enough. All right, what's your number three? My number three is Parallel Mothers. Okay, I think that it, mm-hmm. for the, for the same reasons. I think that. I found myself, oddly enough, like looking at my phone the most during Women on the Verge, and I don't know why, and I hate that. So I'm hoping the next time I do watch it that I, I won't be as much. It's like I was paying attention, but um, and I think I, I had that moment, too. I was like, oh, they already had the babies. There's an hour left. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, but still a, a great performance by Penelope. Um, but, yeah, number three. What about y'all? You know what? I... I, th- 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 these are all, of course, because we're talking about Almodovar movies, these are all emotional decisions and all could change. Yeah. Or not. Could and, change after we're done recording. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and all of these are amazing movies. And so it's like, oh, how could I choose? But I think, I think I'm going to say Bolver was my number three. <gasps> uh, and I didn't expect okay. to say that, but I think, I I mean, listen, there's so much. No, it's about, fine. I, it's, it's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> there's so much because it was a toss up. Uh, there's so much I love about Bolver, but I think it's like it would. I, anyway, it, I that may be one in the future, maybe moves around, but I it it kills me to say that. I mean, the That's whole okay. the whole scene with her and and is it Regina, the 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 friend who's in holy camp burying the body. I mean, that alone should move it up. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um. Fair enough. Um, my number two will be um, all about my mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also love that like all of our answers are different. I think this is the first time this has ever happened in a sort of like right. You know, usually we have five, but today it's four. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for all the reasons that we already talked about when we were making it, and just um, how gay it is. It's like, I, or how it just seems so catered to like the gay male experience in a way and just like the title alone it's like the movie the movie diane right (laughs) exactly of course we're going to be into this um so yeah for all those reasons uh i would say my number two i i it was a toss-up between 
Bolaire and Women on the Verge. But Women, Women on the Verge, I'm putting number two because there was like, I think it's because there was a surprise factor and there was a freshness and, a, and an unexpectedness that mm-hmm. is because it was the first one we did of the month, because it's an earlier movie yeah. of his. I mean, all of those scenes in a taxi, like there's just some... Yes. When she throws the record out the window, that will always make me laugh. <laughs> I will always make me laugh. That's very true. Yes. I, Bonk. I was so gooped by that ending. I was so, so gooped by it. And I just, I don't know. It, 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 it's not a, it's not the best movie of the four, but that's where it sits right now. If that makes sense. It's not even better than Volver. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that there's elements you of liked it. it better. Yeah, yeah. There's elements of it that are sticking with me right now. I love that. Uh, well, my number one, of course, through process of elimination, is Volver. I loved it. I, I just was so jazzed by the women in that movie. Um, Blanca Portillo, who plays Agustina, like, I just oh. feel like that performance is really going to... And it's like the the return of Carmen uh, Maura in that movie, even though... At t- and I just thought the ending is so beautiful and, like, the the perspective of death and what that means in that movie and... I don't know. I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. And I think that's like the movie, well, I guess there's always one man, but I feel like that's like the movie that we saw the least men. <laughs> that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we really, I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yes, I I loved it. And those women, like the mourners sitting in that room uh-huh. when Sole came back, like I just, ugh, I loved it so much. I will definitely watch that again, probably soon. Well, my number one is obviously all about my mother. I think it's actually yes. probably moved into one of my favorite movies in general. Oh, like, love it. I just crave it. You know what I mean? When there's just like, I crave mm-hmm. it. Like, oh, you would be really good right now. All about my mother. You know, I mean, yeah. that has the most just like, like many, many micro moments. So many things. I mean, I am so obsessed with that moment when she arrives in Barcelona and there's that aerial view that's kind of going over the mountain into Barcelona and there's that music playing. I just, I think about that shot. Oh my God. I, I fucking love that movie. And I, I think Cecilia Roth is probably one of my favorite of, of the actresses that have been in Almodovar movies. Yeah, there's for some, sure. Yeah, she is. I, there's just something about her that I am just fascinated by. So, um, yeah, that's probably in my, like, I'm going to say firmly in my top 10 favorite movies ever now. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I this has been, like, oh, my God, just so much fun. I feel so, it, it feels so good to have a rich catalog, you know? Yeah, really starting out with some four heavy hitters here. So I'm looking forward to next year or maybe even sooner when we cover another Almodovar movie. And, you know, it, it's never too soon to talk about Weston's nominees for anyone who's oh, not familiar. Oh, my goodness. You know, the, yes. the Weston's is a bit of a, you know, popular award show around here in the Best Supporting Podcast. Uh, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, they're obviously when it comes to the category of Best Supporting Mother, I mean, we are going to be... Best supporting oh, friend. Man. We, there's a <gasps> best supporting featured ensemble. Like best talking through tears. Best talking through tears. I mean, I, cigarette acting. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> it's gonna all, be a sweep. It's gonna be a sweep. I mean, and and it's worth mentioning. I don't believe the Goyas have been given out yet, but th- this movie, okay, uh, Parallel Mothers. Oh is, yeah. You know, it was a, a sweep of nominations, and in the BSA category, it was. Um, uh, Anna and Teresa and Teresa. I love her. Love her real name. Aitana Sanchez Gijon. I just think is a, mm. anyway. Um, well, I think that I hear some Oscar nominated music playing us off right now. Ooh, so that's so sounds, beautiful. Yeah. It sounds like we need to, uh, take some parallel exits from this episode. <laughs> There we go. There we go. There it is. Jesus Christ. So where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other two podcasts, uh, one being The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, and the other being This Girlfriend's Cocktail Hour. We're back for All-Star 7 of RuPaul's Drag Race. feels so good. I'm loving the season so far. So go listen to that if you're into that. And uh, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can find me on my other two podcasts, whether it be All Right Mary, you know, the, the, the rival to the, my squirrel friends. You know, they did it first. <laughs> they did it first. I'll admit it. 
Yeah. But, uh, no, we, uh, All Right, Mary, we are also covering All Stars 7 right now, and we are wrapping up our coverage of Drag Race España on Patreon. And so I th- this month has just been, you know, muy bueno. That's... I've learned a lot, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Uh, and you can also find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. And you can get me on Instagram on in, uh, na, 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 at Colin Drucker underscore. <laughs> uh, and you can find us uh, at a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, if you got peepers, you better peel them because the best supporting after show is a coming. And uh, the only way to hear it is to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bsapod, where every week, including this one, we check in on our best supporting assignments, on our BSAs of the week, things we've been watching, eating, doing, might get some travel or health updates. Lord only knows. You'd also get early access to these main episodes. So once again, patreon.com slash allrightmary. No, no, not slash that. Over. So once again, <laughs> how dare you cross promote? Patreon.com <laughs> slash BSA Pod. How easy is that? <laughs> uh, uh, well, in all of our weeks of doing Almodovar, I never learned how to say and that, as they say in Spanish. But I'm going to try right now. Uh, y esta es. Oh, y esta. Uh, as they say. Es esto. A, yeah. A, a es. <laughs> You're like on the side of my face. On the flames. flames. <laughs> I like as they do say. Es esto. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>